Whatever you're building, build it alongside what you're already doing. If you have a job, great, keep your job and build that thing. Continue to work on that thing because you make really bad decisions when that thing needs to pay the bills right now or you know that thing needs to change what you're doing right now. So I would say whatever you're doing, build it along what you're already doing because you'll make better decisions. You'll be able to look at it six months from now, six weeks from now, six years from now rather than just being in the now, 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 now. Because when somebody's thinking about, okay, I got to pay an electric bill this week, it's different than worrying about, okay, so I want to do these things in my business correctly so that it makes 10 times the amount of money I could be pulling out of it this week. So to me, that's the, 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 the thing you should take a look at is how can I do what I'm doing or what I want to do alongside what I'm already doing? Because you're going to be able to support it and you're going to be able to make better decisions. The first and best victory is to conquer self. Welcome to the Conqueror Approach, a journey of self-mastery. To cultivate our mind, body, spirit, financial literacy, and allow our light to shine upon the world. Brought to you by me, your host, U.S. Navy submarine veteran and entrepreneur, Musa Mikkel. Let's conquer. Welcome to the Conqueror Approach. Today, I have Jeremy Slate. He is the founder of Create Your Own Life podcast, which studies the highest performers in the world. In iTunes, he is ranked number one in the business category and ranked number 78 in the top 100. He studied the literature at Oxford University and is a former champion powerlifter turned entrepreneur. He was named the number one podcast to listen to by Inc. Magazine in 2019, as well as named as one of the top influencers by Forbes magazine. Thank you, Jeremy, for joining me on the Conqueror Approach today. Hey, brother. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm stoked to get a chance to, to chat and hang out. Um, as, I, as I said, like this is a, a new space that I just got running for, for this being the first interview I'm doing it on. So I'm still like kind of making sure all the camera angles are right, all the, the, the mic angles are right. So uh, I, I appreciate this being the, the maiden voyage for, for the new studio. Hey, no worries, man. No worries. Don't worry about the little details because what's important <laughs> is your message and what you have to share because you Dude. are a very successful entrepreneur. You have a, a cool story, champion powerlifter. I know that is relentless for anyone who does <laughs> powerlifting. I, I pulled an 80,000 pound army tank uh, back in 2014 to uh, raise money for the Wounded Warrior Project. That was, that was a good time, man. Yeah, that sounds pretty hard. I wouldn't recommend yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it's an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for doing that. I'm a veteran, so uh, I, oh, I appreciate your, your service, man. To uh, the wounded warriors, because that's awesome uh, cause that you're doing that for. Uh, but I, I did want to talk about that a little bit, man. Being a champion powerlifter, now you're an entrepreneur, helping people uh, in media and, and doing all kinds of things, interviewing some of the most elite people uh, that yeah. walk around the world. Uh, tell me a little about your journey, man, about from being a power lifter into entrepreneur and how maybe being a power lifter set you up for success to become an entrepreneur. You know, interestingly enough, like I, I had no idea I was going to be doing any of this. Like my, my background, I don't know if this is going to surprise you, but isn't I have a master's in ancient history. So uh, as, as weird as that may sound, I have a double major in undergrad in uh, Catholic theology and Torah, not Jewish, but I just thought it was interesting. Um, so like, I've always been somebody that's been interested in knowledge and, and I've always been interested in that, that learning and that research. And I really didn't have any idea what I wanted to do when I got out of school. So it seemed like the next step was, well, I'm really good at learning. 
how do I do more of that? So I decided I want to be a teacher, which is kind of the opposite end of the pole. And uh, that really didn't go very well for me. Um, I ended up actually teaching in a, in a small Catholic high school, which had just gotten rid of number grades. And uh, that was wild because kids figured out, OK, I can fail everything. If I pass one thing with a 70, I will pass for the year. So it was like pandemonium gone wild. And uh, I was very, very quickly burnt out about two years into that. And in 2012, my mom ended up having a really bad stroke. And it made me look at a lot of what I was doing. And I'm like, well, shit, man. Like, what do I want to... Can I swear on your show? Sure. Be you, man. Okay, okay cool. Um, shit, man. Like, what, like, what am I going to... It's the Jersey thing. Like, what am I going to do? Like, I spent years and years and years and, you know, thousands of dollars, like, doing this. And I don't want to do this. Like, this isn't what I want to do. So my mom had a stroke and it really just made me look at everything. And I ended up actually quitting my job on a whim, going full-time in network marketing, which I didn't know what that was. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to be a millionaire in like three days. It's going to be great. Um, that did not happen. Um, I very quickly burned through a lot of money, alienated a lot of friends, and made a little bit of money. So that was kind of my first entrepreneurial real thing that I got into. And I tried everything, man. I sold life insurance door-to-door, -door, which was interesting. And I was actually good at that, but I hated the conversations about so like, you're going to die, right? And you love your family. So, and you wouldn't want anything to happen to them. Would you feel like a Cuomo? Um, so like, you know, it, it really wasn't like a great situation for me, like, you know, personally, even though I was making money. So I went from there to that selling products on Amazon, but I messed up and sent a promo code out to too many people and gave away all my products for free. And I was very quickly out of business. So I had been listening to podcasts since, gosh, like 2009. I had a college professor introduce me to a show called The No Agenda Show. And they literally just make fun of the news for three hours twice a week. It's great. And I was always like, okay, well, I can do this podcast thing. So I did it as a hobby the first time, and it was horrible. We had like 100 listens in three months. Wasn't very good. Sound quality was horrible. You know, there were no guests. It was just me being life coachy, which I am the furthest thing from. So it just, it didn't feel real. And it, it didn't really go well. So it wasn't until 2015 I finally launched Create Your Own Life. And I reached out to the top 100 people I most admired, and we had 10,000 listens in our first 30 days, and that's kind of what's led us to everything else I'm doing. That's awesome, man. And I, I get it. I get it. Starting this podcast, uh, there, there's a lot of things that can discourage someone, and not yeah. just podcasting, but any entrepreneurial venture someone sure. starts, there's going to be challenges. And, and you know, the one thing about your story is you didn't just like, figure it all out what you wanted to do you didn't no. just graduate college and like all right this is it this is what i'm gonna do like you, you went through a lot of experiences like you mm -hmm. got degrees and things that you you probably were interested in however that's not but they're not very core. usable they were yeah. interesting but they're like what what do you do with this do you hang out at a museum like what do you do yeah and and you you realize that and you still made the shift you yeah. went to entrepreneurship, network marketing, made a shift that didn't work. You sold life insurance, made a shift that wasn't it. And then you landed somewhere where you feel like this is, this is it. Yeah. You know, what's interesting though. And I, I don't think, uh, I don't think we're, we're taught in society to look at it like this, that, you know, each one of those things that I did and didn't go well for me, I learned a skill that I still use to this day from that. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I learned discipline. I learned, you know, selling. I learned different things. Like, you've probably seen this in your military background, right? Like, 
you know, you learn discipline, you learn different things that you take to every single thing you do because you're changed by each one of those experiences. So like, yeah, they didn't work out, but I've, I've learned a lot from them. Absolutely. And that's, that's a, a, a crucial way to look at things when it comes to growing in success, because everything, I believe every single experience leads you to learn something. If you're paying attention and looking for the lesson. Most and, people aren't though. They're, yeah. they're, they're too right. passive at life. You know what I mean? That rather than seeing like, okay, well, what can I do with this? What part of this is my next phase? They, you know, they try to make everything perfect and they never, never take off rather than seeing what they can learn from something. Right. Like you got a degree in, well, it was ancient history. Ancient history. I took 12 years of Latin, man. And I, I wrote a thesis about how the uh, Roman emperor convinced people he was God and the tools he did to, to, to do it. So like, it's, yeah. it, it's interesting, <laughs> but like, you know, what are you going to do with that in the world, man? Yeah, true. But then those years have taught you important things also, right? Yes, Whether ab it was no, absolutely. Discipline and, and continuing education, because that's not mm -hmm. easy. Um, a thesis is not easy. So yeah. it's like, and, and, and philosophy, knowledge, history, like you probably learned a lot from history that you can apply to modern day. So it, it's like, there are things that were useful and, and you're not well, you know, beating yourself up for wasting years. Oh, no, absolutely. Like I can research like nobody's business because I've, I've learned how to, you know, think that way. I've learned how to use the internet better. I've learned how to do a lot of different things. So like for me, and actually like the biggest thing is, is teaching you a thought process, how to think things through and how to research things, which that's an invaluable skill you can take to anything. Yeah. And that's huge for what you do now. And, and yes, you know, some things like that might, people might glaze over. However, like that skill has helped you have an extremely successful podcast in a, a relatively short period of time. Oh, and you, you know, what's interesting yeah. about that too, is I found that like, you know, I was trying to do like more episodes and things like that because I wanted to get traffic and get views. But I like, because of that, the amount of time that was going into it was taking out the part I really like, which is what we just talked about, the research, the learning and things like that. And I wasn't having as good and as a form conversations. And that's one of the reasons that now we're down to one interview show a week and then just one, you know, solo show a week. So it's like the same time you have to keep your eye on what your strengths are because, you know, you can get off of that. Right, right. And then that's, that's also a form I feel of just doing too much without refining and, and like mastering the craft. Yes. Which is, is like something that you probably learned from a lot of the great people that you talk to talking to like hall of fame athletes and just extraordinary people. They spent a lot of time just working on mastering their skill set. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and the hours of practice shows up when you do go do what you do. It's, it's interesting because like, I've looked at people that are like really good interviewers, like, you know, what did Larry King do? What did Oprah do? Because there's specific things they do that make them better at what they do. You know, they, the first question isn't the important question to them. It's the follow-ups that come after it. And at the same time, like having that trained in is really helpful too, because I'll tell you what, man, when I get some interviews, I'm really excited about, I get nervous. And the fact that I have that background and that practice and things like that helps me to get through that and still have a great conversation. Like um, back in May, I had uh, Brian Dawkins on, who was a the Hall of Famer for the Philadelphia Eagles. Like for a second, I had to be in my head like, holy shit, that's Brian Dawkins sitting in front of me. <laughs> so like you have to like kind of, if, if you don't have your practice in on that, if you haven't worked on your craft, you haven't done things like that, you might clam up in a situation like that rather than have a really great conversation that's beneficial to the people listening to you. Absolutely, man. And uh, there's a saying, 
I don't know if I'll butcher this, but the, it, you don't rise to your, uh, what is it, level of skill. You li- you rise to your level, your highest level of preparation. Mm-hmm. You know, so or something like that. I probably well. Really- th- th- there's also a thing called the Peter Principle too, that people people rise to um, one level above what their their like highest level of achievement is. Meaning, like they 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 go to a level a lot of times that they're mediocre at. So you have to at the same time make sure you have the self-awareness to understand when, you, when you're not producing or when you're not doing things well too. Yeah. And that's huge, man. When you, when you see, let's say Brian Dawkins, like this guy's a legend, right? So mm-hmm. you got nervous, which explainable. Yeah. I don't think any podcaster wouldn't be nervous who knows who Brian Dawkins is. I'd be nervous. What did you tell yourself? What was the conversation like in your head to get out of that and just navigate through it? So I'm not really a conversation in my head guy. Um, I'm more of a, like, do your preparation. You know, I've worked hard on my skills so I can fall back on those. But at the same time, I'm somebody that actually just kind of pulls out of it. Meaning I go for a walk. I do something. I I know, like, if I do something that's, you know, action, as much as if it's even sweeping the floor, like, that gets your mind off of what you're thinking about because you're doing something. So I find that for me... Um, I try to find a way to like do something or work with something because it'll get my attention off that thing. So I won't be as stressed like that. That's one thing I've really worked on a lot. Yeah, that's, that's a good skill. That's a good point because you are, when you are in fear and just being fearful of anything, it's really just the, the idea, the visualizations that you're having, thinking about something going wrong or, or not Mm -hmm. being as planned or just what could happen. And then boom, you just shift by doing some action. Yeah. Take your mind off the fear and just put, put your focus on something. No. no, absolutely. Because I think so many people, like they think about it, they think about it, they think about it, they think about it. And you got yourself like all kind of, kind of worked up before like you can handle a situation. Like I have a, I have a, a two, two and a half year old and a, and a two and a half month old. And I don't know if you've ever watched like a baby, like when they're hungry or they're tired or something like that, they cry a little bit. They cry a little bit more. They cry a little bit more. And by the time like they've been crying for a while, they've worked themselves into such a tizzy, like it's going to take a little bit to get them calmed down. And it's the same way a lot of people still approach situations, right? You know, it's you work yourself up, work yourself work up, work yourself up rather than like, okay, what can I do as an outlet to do something and kind of take my attention off of it? Yeah, then that's, that's helpful with everything now that I think about it. Parenting, just business, work. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that stresses you out, which is like a lot of things probably in life. Uh, yeah. I, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, a, a lot of this podcast is getting past uh, obstacles, overcoming obstacles, right? The journey, the mm-hmm. journey of self-mastery, getting better, aligning mind, body, and spirit. So for, for you, since you're, you're success now, uh, what was the biggest obstacle that was in your way from you getting to where you are now? I, that's hard to say what my biggest was because I feel like there's so many different ones, right? Um, initially, like, I was afraid of the camera. Um, and I do a lot of camera work now, but initially I was afraid of the camera. So my podcast was audio only for three years. And so that was a barrier. Another barrier was I wasn't really great at talking to people um, in like an interview format. So I had to do more and more and more and more conversations. And in the beginning, I overprepared. And it kind of made it more like an interrogation than an interview. So I like I had to kind of get better at balancing that out. So 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 that's a barrier. The other barrier is like like dude, I'm nobody. 
you know, I'm somebody from a small town in New Jersey. Nobody's ever heard of me. So like I had to really kind of work to get out there and get people to find me and know about me. And, you know, so that was being busy on social media. It was reaching out to the right people. It was consistently posting. So there, there's definitely a whole host of barriers, man, rather than just one big one. You know what I mean? I, I think some people are like, you know, I had this giant barrier of like, you know, some injury or some disability or something like that. For me, like it was a bunch of little ones and you have to find out how to work around those things and get better at those things. Yeah. And that, that brings a great point because I, I, I say that greatness isn't a great thing done. It's a bunch of little things done greatly, mm -hmm. you know, and, it, and that's what it is. That's the little things. And if you look at any master of anything, anyone who's mastered any skill set, anybody extraordinary, what they do, they work on the little things and they keep making those little shifts to get better and better and improve each day. Yeah. And you know, what was, what was like the mindset shift for you? Because I, you know, I, I, I can resonate with that, that, uh, who, who am I, like, who's going to listen to me? Yeah. Like, you know, who am I to do this? Or, or, you know, and some people who do any business entrepreneurial wise, if they haven't done it before, they might have that same thought. Mm -hmm. Who am I to do this? Like, who's going to buy this? Who's, or who am I to, who's going to listen to me or whatever that was. So what, what was that shift that you had in, in your mindset to make you feel like you were enough to do this? I don't know if it's an idea of not being enough. And I think the, the biggest thing I struggled with, and I think this is something a lot of people struggle with, is realizing the amount of effort it's going to take to get what you actually want done, done, right? You know, a lot of people, it's, you know, being in sales taught me that because you have to make hundreds of phone calls to get anywhere. When I first started the podcast, like I reached out to hundreds of people to get the interviews I wanted. And I consistently followed up for years with some people. I had, I had Robin Sharma on back in 2018 and they initially told me no. So I said, okay, can we book this six months out? So I scheduled it for six months out. So it was finding out like, how could I do more and how could I take no's and make them yeses or make them maybes or things like that. So I, I think that's really the important thing for me was realizing how much effort it's going to take. It's going to take a lot more than you think it is. You're going to have to reach out to so many more people, follow up so much more often. So I've had this running spreadsheet for years where I track the last date someone was spoken to, what was said, who was the person I talked to on their team. So that way we can really continually follow up and do that. And it's allowed us to have a lot of the great guests we have. So a lot of it has been just the amount of action you have to take and the amount of consistent action you have to take has, has been the biggest thing I've learned. Yeah, that's huge, man. I feel like it's always the underestimation of what is required yeah. to be successful because you see a lot of the streamline of people's success. Like yeah. even for you being a, a power lifter, somebody might look at a champion power lifter right now and think they, you know, they don't, they don't realize like how many years and years and years of weightlifting and what they Dude, do. I wrestled they 103 eat. my freshman year of high school, 103. I graduated wrestling one, 135, 140. And, you know, I'm like around 200 pounds now. That's a lot of change in body. And I, I think a lot of people don't realize that, like you're saying. Yeah. And, and they might not recognize like how much work someone puts in. Like yeah. they might see the rock and think he just, you know, they don't realize he works out like five hours a day and, and has like incredible coaches and does all these things. <laughs> and, and same thing with any success entrepreneurial wise, podcast wise, like I was discouraged looking at, you know, Lewis house and stuff. Yeah. And I realized like this guy started 
you know, 12 years ago mm -hmm. and he's been consistent since then. Yes. So it's like someone I was talking to the other day said that you, you can't be jealous of somebody if you're not willing to do what they did to get what they got. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, that's true. And I was just like, now I'm just a supporter uh, of these great people. Well, I think as well, it's also looking at like, you know, like our journey is a book, right? And there's different chapters in it. I think a lot of times people will look at somebody who's on like chapter 52 when you're on chapter two and be like, damn, he's doing really well. And it's like, but they've been, like you said, they've been at it for a long time. So it's really hard to compare those different chapters of life to the current chapter you're in. So I, I think that's also part of it too, is number one, be a supporter, like you said, but also like realize we're in different phases of our life, different times of our life. So the comparison just isn't the same. And, and as people, we're all different anyway. Like we have our own quirks, our own skills, our own diff different things. So like, you know, what may be difficult for you may be easy for someone else and vice versa. So, so I think that itself is also hard. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, you know, I, I wanted to get your take on this because being a successful entrepreneur, you know, it, it's something that a lot of people aspire. So what is like your best advice for someone who is maybe have a, they have a great idea, a business idea, however, mm -hmm. they haven't started yet, or they're just new in the entrepreneurship and just feel like they're small. So there's a book I read called So Good uh, They Can't Ignore You by Cal Newport. And he talks about the idea of finding something you're good at and continually getting better at that and better at that and better at that until it becomes effortless. And that's where passion comes in. So that's for, the first thing I would say to somebody is check out that book because that book's a game changer. The other thing I would say is whatever you're building, you know, build it alongside what you're already doing. You know, if you have a job, great, keep your job and, and build that thing, continue to work on that thing because you make really bad decisions when that thing needs to pay the bills right now or, you know, that thing needs to change what you're doing right now. So I would say whatever you're doing, build it along what you're already doing because you'll make better decisions. You'll be able to look at it six months from now, six weeks from now, six, six years from now, rather than just being in the now, 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 now. Because when somebody's thinking about, okay, I got to pay an electric bill this week, it's different than you know, worrying about, okay, so I want to do these things in my business correctly so that it makes 10 times the amount of money I could be pulling out of it this week. So to me, that's the, 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 the thing you should take a look at is how can I do what I'm doing or what I want to do alongside what I'm already doing? Because you're going to be able to support it and you're going to be able to make better decisions. Um, you know, and that's also like something to think about. I had somebody that I talked to that does real estate investing about this. And he goes, you know, if you want to invest in real estate, they want to see your income. So if you don't have a job or if you don't have a career or something like that, they're never going to give you lending to get a house. So you, these are different things you have to think about, you know, with whatever that side hustle you're building is. Yeah. And that's, that's a good, uh, I think Robert Kiyosaki wrote a book like of, of several things to do before you quit your job. <laughs> and it was just like, keep your job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you make better decisions, man. You do. Yeah. Cause then you're not emotionally making these decisions based Correct. off desperation or like, I need to sell this product. And then you come off like, I need to sell this. It's People can like, feel that yeah. too, man. Like they feel like a number when you're on a sales call with somebody, you like need to make that money. They're like, whoa. So it, it's salespeople are even different when, when you're looking at it like that. Yeah. And I, I notice a lot of like the successful people in like the real estate industry, they, they go into it with just that kind of certainty and confidence of, I, I don't need this to go through. I'm here to help you. Mm -hmm. And, and here's what I can provide as a product or service. And that, that yeah. does make a, a huge shift of the psychology of the person, because it's like, 
oh, it's not, you know, they, they actually have something to offer here. This is what I have to gain. They're certain about it. And I think that certainty goes a long way. Cause oh, it, yeah. when you're, when you're coming out of desperation, I feel like the certainty is more just nervousness. <laughs> yes, no, absolutely, man. It's, 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 it really is a difference because it comes off as a confidence and people, people can buy into confidence maybe when they don't even understand everything you're saying. So I think that's a really big deal is having that confidence. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I, I learned pretty recently, I, I always knew the importance of confidence, you know, playing football and, and being an athlete and, and those things and just in the military and everything. However, I, I'm noticing uh, if you're extremely confident about something, like people will move and shift around you because of that. Like yeah. you could literally go into a, a, a restaurant and be like confidently saying like, we all have to leave right now. Like something's going on and people will start leaving. <laughs> like if you're certain about it, people are like, okay. <laughs> and you might have like completely made everything up. And it's fun. It's, are you, so are you one of those people that can look at us, that, that you can look at a situation and you make an idea about the situation and everybody's like, oh, he seems to know what he's doing. I'm going to do what he's doing. Like, are you one of those people? Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, at this point I'm more like, I, I start, I'm working on trusting other people because it's helping okay. me do, do more, right. Delegating and just trusting people and just trusting judgment. So if, yeah, if somebody came in here and said something crazy, I'm like, all right, like what, what do we do? <laughs> you know, and, and it's really that confidence and it's, yeah. it's true, man. It, if you see it in like a doctor mm -hmm. and a doctor's like, oh, I, I think this is what's going on versus a doctor that's like, this is it, man. You need to cut yeah. this out. And, and this is what we have to change. I trust that guy. Even if, like, it's like, well, we could consider amputating your arm. I only got two arms, man. Let's, <laughs> let's think about this. Am I keeping it or am I not keeping it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> that definitely would inspire confidence. It will. And, and you know, that goes with anything, man. And it just like, especially I'm learning in business. And if you want anyone to be influenced by what you're selling or what you're doing, or, or even like me now, just spreading the message of the podcast, I'm learning to practice that because mm -hmm. it, now it's not like, oh, you should check this out. It's like, man, check this out because it's going to change your life. Yes. Or like check Jeremy Slade out because he just, you know, he's, he's been doing it for so long and he's killing it, right? It's like you have that confidence, that energy. It, I know it, it, it just shifts everything around you. So it, it, that's something that I'm recently learning, man, because yeah. I've been so reserved for a long time. Like in the military, well, it was more just like, be quiet and just do what I got to do. And now it's like, that's not working as an entrepreneur. Well, in, in, in most situations, not in all situations, um, one, of, one of my favorite sayings, and I don't even know who said it, but I picked it up somewhere. But it's the idea that, that competence breeds confidence, right? And it's not every time, but most people that are confident, um, you know, I've met some people that are pretty confident and don't know what they're doing. But most of the time when people are confident, it's because they're competent at what they're doing. So I think that does, you know, show that you know what you're doing. Because it, it's, I, like I bought a generator yesterday because our power went out last week for like four days. It was horrible uh, because uh, I moved to the woods recently. Yeah, it's been great. But I bought a ge used generator off somebody and the guy was an electrician. So I'm like, oh, electrician, this is going to be like a great generator. So because of that, I didn't ask any of the questions or anything like I would typically ask, and it, it was a great product. So I think when you, you can see that somebody is competent, it does change your decision-making or change how you look at a situation because you, you, know, you have confidence in their competence. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that's another thing that is huge 
in building something and scaling something is getting people who are competent about where you're not competent at. Yes. And, and like being able to admit, like, I'm not competent in that area. That like, is so hard, though. Yeah, that is so true. hard. It's such a barrier for people. Yeah, it was for me, man, because I, I wanted, I'm the smartest guy ever, right? I want to do it all. I could do it better than this person. And it's like, no, I can't. Like, what the hell do I know about bookkeeping or whatever? <laughs> like, no, like, that's not, that's, you have to get your focus on what you're good at. And mm -hmm. that's what I'm, what I'm working on now is like, I don't need to be great at everything. It's just like, focus on that thing that's going to help me to the next level. And everything else, I get support from other people. And yeah. that's, I think that's huge in, in, in anything, real estate investing. It's like, you're not, you're not doing everything by yourself. Like you need people, right. To do, mm -hmm. you know, to help you with the financing, to help you with the accounting, to, you, to do the rehabs and do all yeah. those things. Like you need certain people. You're not going to be doing, doing it all. And if you are, it's going to be not the most effective or efficient. Well, and it's also knowing like, like who to ask too, right? Like, I think that's really, really important as well. Um, you know, I, we just bought our first house, um, about a month and a half ago, you know, we've always rented before that. And, uh, th we had found the realtor because that realtor actually helped me to sell my parents' house. My parents are, you know, getting in their sixties, they're ready to retire. So I called, uh, one of the guys I know that's one of the top volume title guys in the state. So he does like titles. So I'm like, okay, a title guy is going to know who, who's a good realtor and who's a bad realtor, right? They're going to, because they see the back end of everybody's work. So I called the title guy I've known for like 20 years. And I'm like, who's the best realtor you know? And that's how I found a realtor that helped my parents get 20,000 more for their house than they should have. And then that same realtor helped us get a house that honestly, because of all the people bidding against, we had 12 different people we bid it against. We had no business getting the house we got. So having the right realtor makes a big difference. And to me, I'm like, okay, who do you ask? Ask a title person because they're going to know what the backside looks like. That's where you're education might come in handy man because like how many people <laughs> would actually know to ask a title like probably people don't even know what that is <laughs> yeah it's it's important it's because it t title is one of the most important things in a real estate deal and that's why like if you can find that person that's good at that they're gonna know like oof, don't trust that guy that guy does a great job or that girl does a great job or whatever it may be yeah so that that's a huge point man knowing who to ask and then just being being courageous and asking the questions because that that's that's gonna when if you don't ask you get no answers and then you're yeah. trying to formulate your own answers based off whatever you you your experiences are <laughs> so dude i i got another another question to, yeah to to kind of wrap this up before we go into uh a little bit more about what you're doing now and what your future is looking like um and it's pretty simple but it might be hard to answer and it, it just what does it mean to you to be a conqueror I'm going to tell you the first thing that came to my mind, and it really has nothing to do with any of this. Um, so I was obsessed with Alexander the Great in grad school. Um, so when I think conquer, I think Alexander. Um, but when I, when I, but I guess when I look at it in terms of like what it could mean within the perspective of my life, I think to me, it's being in control in whatever situation you're in and understanding when you need to be more causative in a situation, but also understanding we need to be more effective in a certain situation, right? Like if somebody's going to be able to handle a situation better from you, better than you. It's understanding that and letting them do that. So to me, being a conqueror is able to be in control in some way, shape or form in any situation that you're in. 
No, I love that. And I, I should have thought about that asking someone who has a degree in ancient history. <laughs> I should have expected something like Alexander Great. But I'm not talking about killing people and taking over countries. My, my wife my <laughs> wife would not allow me to uh, name our first child. She was a girl anyway, so it wouldn't have worked out. Uh, my wife would not allow me to name our first child Mega, uh, Megas Alexandros, which is Alexander the Great in Greek. She's like, you're not doing that. That poor <laughs> kid's going to be picked on like all the time. Yeah, especially in New Jersey. You guys are brutal. <laughs> We're brutal, yeah. <laughs> but appreciate you, Jeremy, for taking your time out, man. I think it's the greatest gift you can give is your authentic self and your time. So thank you. Uh, please tell us what your future is, what you're working on, where can people reach you and, and continue this conversation? Yeah. So, um, you know, we're just working on growing our company, Command Your Brand. Um, team has grown a lot. We're up to, to 16 of us now, and we're really trying to make a big impact by helping people get on the right podcasts. I'm working on a book that's going to be out in the spring. It was supposed to be out this past spring, but a lot of life happened between then and now, and there was a thing called the pandemic too. So uh, we have a book coming out next year, which I'm really, really excited about called Extraordinary. And it's just based on a lot of what I've learned from, you know, nearly a thousand podcast interviews with incredible human beings. So that's what I'm doing. Awesome. Awesome. And I'll have all your information linked in the details in the show notes. Check out Jeremy Slate. Podcast is awesome. He interviews some incredible, incredible humans. It would definitely shift your life if you're open to that. And just listen, take notes, uh, and rewind this episode if you got value out of it. Thank you, Jeremy, for joining me today. Hey, Musa. Thank you so much for having me, man. That is all for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. If you found any value in this episode, someone you know will also. Please share, subscribe, leave a rating and review so we can reach more people, have a farther ripple and a larger impact. Stay grateful. I appreciate you. And remember, you are a conqueror.